Meta. I guess this is sort of like a response to the response. So, Matthew, what did you think of the Meta episode? Well, I thought it was very powerful. And I just need you to know that, like, when I was listening to it, little snippets that you pulled out, like, I misspoke on the part about the email, about the prayer, because it's just something that was bothering me. I thought Nick might be able to relate to me on that. But I was just trying to say, oh, yeah, I was going to send you this email. And then I just jumped into, oh, and the answer I get is blah, 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 you know, and it sounded like I was making fun of yourself. But no, that wasn't you because you didn't even say that to me. That was not your response. But you still stand by it, which is interesting, too. But do you believe in the immutability of God? Yeah. Like he's unchanging. Yeah. Never changes his mind. He always he had point A to point Z planned out, plotted out perfectly before we even existed. Well, to say that he planned it out makes it sound like he didn't take into consideration our part in the drama, that he wasn't cooperating with our misunderstandings and our weakness. He did take into consideration all of the crappy parts that we contribute and all the good that we mirrored back to him. But to just say that he had a plan and he's sticking to it makes him sound cold and callous. But no, he is the most sensitive of dance partners. He doesn't actually really ever change his mind based on our actions. Would you say that? I would say that it's a deep, deep mystery we can't comprehend, and it's a waste of time to try to understand it. But his one word that he speaks is perfect, and he does not change. He only speaks one word. That word accomplishes everything, including all of the sophisticated cooperation that uh, seems to be temporal in the spatio-temporal natural world that we inhabit. So we can't really wrap our heads around that bridge between the infinite and the finite, between God the Father and uh, God, the Son who became incarnate, it's impossible to wrap our minds around that. So it's kind of futile to try to understand that. But we can take it on faith that he is immutable, and yet he does care about his creatures, cooperate with his creatures, and he does participate in the most intimate changes here below. And so it's all very dramatic, intricate, and uh, we can literally choose our own adventure. The point here is to choose wisely and to choose life and to try to be a saint. But, you know, the whole question of how he interacts with his creatures, that's a deep mystery. Yeah, but I know I can't really figure it out, but it's like, I just get, I guess I just get frustrated and I don't understand. So I just want to give up because that's kind of my, my deal. Uh, if you don't believe that what's happening to you is worthy of your deep gratitude and thanks to God, then you need to meditate more deeply on the incarnation and the passion, death and resurrection of Christ. So you need to understand that everything that happens to you is the best possible thing that could happen to you. It's dynamically optimized by God in his one immutable word that everything that happens is the absolute best situation for you to maximize your chance of having the highest place in heaven. So you need to thank God for everything that happens, good, bad and indifferent. If you're bored, thank God. If you're excited, thank God. If you're overwhelmed with disaster, thank God. That's the number one thank, gratitude. And then you can start asking him to explain to you why, to give you light and to show you so that you can understand how and why this is happening to you. Because I guarantee if you could see the how and the why, then all you would do is thank God. Yeah. So I just, and, and you know, you're totally right to re redirect my thoughts to Thanksgiving. You're, you're right. Um, because it says that all things work together for good to those who love God. And that means all things, everything, good, bad, and ugly. And I get that. But it's just for praying for an outcome. And it's kind of like, my will be done. God, why aren't you doing what I want you to do? And that's stupid anyways. But then Jesus says those things that are like, if you ask 
it will be answered. If you knock, you will find. And he says, if you ask anything in my name and faith, my father's going to give it to you. So those kind of statements bother me sometimes because I'm like, like, what do you mean? Like, what, what are you trying to say? And that's another part of the um, interview with Nick that you pulled out when we're talking about things being ambiguous or vague. And um, Nick kind of took it to like the Catholic church. And that's not what I was referring to. I'm, I'm referring to the Bible in general, the text. A lot of the language is so vague. It can be interpreted in so many different ways. It's hard to understand. Like, what is Jesus talking about? It says, whatever you ask in my name. And I know that doesn't mean to me, but I guess to the disciples. No, no, no. He's talking to you. Okay. So what do you mean? It's like, I, I'm asking for my, you know, my wife to just, just have one minute in her day where she knows that God loves her. So I'll be praying these things in faith and believing it. Like, I really expect that like next time I see her, she's going to be like, I was struggling in my depression. And there was just one minute during the day. Well, I just felt God's peace wash over me. I expect those kind of things. And it, it never happens for me. <laughs> I don't know if it's because the prayer of a righteous man and I just ain't, you know, God's like, yeah, right, bro. It is a tragedy not to be a saint. And we could, if we mustered up the courage and we could detach from our self-love, you and I could become saints. The way to be a saint is to look to the saints, imitate the saints. I just get scared, honestly, about the Mary stuff. Like when I'm about to do it, it makes me nervous. Like I get scared, like I'm doing something wrong. Like I'm, I'm going to offend God somehow. Or I just, I'm not there yet, but I'm, I'm just still, I, it really scares me. And then when I say it makes me cringe and it always has made me cringe since I very first started listening to you when you're like, oh yeah, if any of the infallible statements of the church turn out to be false that you'll abandon Christ altogether. I mean, my heart always like skips a beat when I hear you say that. Cause I'm just like, no, because if these guys had gotten something wrong, then you would abandon Christ and then you'd be damned and then you'd be lost. And, and maybe it was just, they blew it. And it's just not the form of Christianity that you thought. No, but you know what my attitude is towards religion. My monotheism is rock solid. Nothing could ever take me away from God the Father. Nothing. Okay? And you also know that in my conversion, I was compelled to worship God publicly. And this is an important ingredient. And this is a God-given gift of faith that I had received. It was an infused knowledge that God needs to be worshipped publicly. So then what I started doing is looking at the candidates for monotheistic religions. Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. I have to be a monotheist because of entropy. And I have to be a Christian because of history. And then it all comes down to authority. So if... I find out that the church has contradicted herself with her dogmatic infallible statements, then you can come to me and you can say, David, look, I found the church that Jesus Christ built. It is infallible because God is infallible and in effect cannot be greater than its cause. And it does have authority and it is indefectible. It's always been here throughout history. It's always had a visible government and we can have this access to the sacraments. Just show me where this church is and I'll join it. But I've done my research. I was actually on my way to become an Orthodox. I don't know if you know this about me, but I was on my way. I was attending Orthodox Church. I was hanging out with Orthodox, doing Bible study with them, becoming friends with them. I've never really talked about this publicly because I'm very fond of Orthodox religion. So I have experience with atheism. I have experience with Protestant Christianity. I grew up with it. And I went to Protestant churches before I discovered Orthodoxy and then finally Catholicism. So I did dabble in all of the different strains. I've never been a Mormon. I've never been a Jehovah's Witness. I've never belonged to any sort of non-monotheistic or non-Christian cult. But, you know, 
from my perspective, there's only Christianity and the one true Christian church founded by Jesus Christ has to be out there. It has to be available. We need an infallible way of recognizing it and getting access to these essential saving truths. So uh, I don't think you need to worry about me. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to remain Catholic and a thousand difficulties don't add up to one single doubt. But what about that personal relationship thing? Did you have anything to say about that? Um, yeah. Like I said, I know about a bunch of good Sunday school facts about God, but I just think that's different than if like, if I read a book about my wife, every detail of her, you know, and so I knew all of her comings and goings, her favorite color, her this and that, what makes her mad, what makes her happy, what makes her laugh. I could know all that stuff, but that's still different than having the person right there. You know what I mean? The only reason you don't, you're not aware of the relationship is because it's so intimate. It's so integrated into your very being. So we need to always look to the saints and the patriarchs and the prophets and above all to Jesus Christ and his mother to have an example of how to quiet out all those competing voices in our head and all those competing noises and to silence our spirit so that we can be sensitive to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. That's always potential there. That relationship is always there waiting to be built and I like to think of the imagery of your heart as a place where the Trinity will come and live. If only you make room, get rid of all the sin, get rid of all attachment to sin, make room for the Trinity in your heart and they'll come and dwell in your heart. Now, have I done that? No, but I know that it's possible. And I look at the saints for inspiration and I'm striving for that. I'm asking God for that to give me the graces to accomplish that within my lifetime so that I can be a saint one day. But in the meantime, I'm filled with joy and hope by looking at the example of the saints and how they did it. They've already done that. They've built that relationship and they have that clarity in that relationship. So I'm not in despair, even though I'm not a saint, I'm not falling into despair because I can see that I'm on the right path and that I want to arrive there one day. And I'm humbled by the fact that I'm not even close now, just like you're not even close now, but I'm not worried about it. That's the main difference is that I'm not worried about it. And it seems like you are. Yeah. And that's the thing. I, I need to get all those other voices out of my head and, and do like what you're saying. That And I heard a metaphor like a, a jar full of water. And that's like your affection and your love for God. And then you start adding adding some cares of the world. You put a couple of rocks in there and it displaces the water. And that's like your big things, your wife, family, mortgage, all that type of stuff, your health, big rocks. They're, they're big, big deals. And then you get all of your smaller cares. You fill it up with pebbles. There's still water in there, but it displaces more water. More water comes out of the jar. And then you start filling it in with sand. And there's still water in there, but it's just so displaced. Uh, you know, and that's like our affection for God when we let other stuff crowd in. So that's a good reminder of that. Yeah. So, But I need to start reading the saints more. But uh, St. John Chrysostom is awesome, dude. Chrysostom, yeah. Chrysostom, yeah. He's, it's great. I got his um, homilies. Powerful stuff. And then... One thing I wanted to ask about the interview, like how come you didn't publish any of the cool parts of the interview? I think there are some good positive parts where um, we had some common ground and like, and Nick was very honest about stuff like that his worldview was getting shaken. And it's very rare to hear people being honest about that stuff. So would maybe someday put out a couple of the good clips. <laughs> I mean, I did put the link to the uh, full episode 
and uh, I encourage everyone to go and listen to it. And it's, you're, you're right. I mean, I don't want to do any spoilers, but uh, the part where you quote scripture really blew me away. Yeah, and, and Nick's a brother, man. He, he's just he's, he's a brother. And I'm so grateful. I met, I've met lots of good people through your podcast and through this community that you're building. And it's just God's doing it. You know, I, I really like Kevin, Mark. The Lisney brothers, come on, man, those guys are great. Do you have any news about uh, Kieran's journey or no? Uh, I think he's still going for the Orthodox deal, and we're we're talking about that. But I'd like to talk with you about that more sometime too, because I'm really interested in Orthodoxy as well. But sure, I've tried it a few times, and I I don't know, I just hasn't grabbed me. I like the idea and the philosophy and some of the teaching I've heard from Orthodox people, but then I go there and I just I haven't been grabbed by it really. I don't I don't know what it is. It, there's a safety and a comfort that I get from religion that I, I hope that you will one day experience and I hope that Nick will one day experience. The love of God melts away any doubts and anxieties that could be foisted onto me by the enemies of Christ. I want the same thing for everyone, just that peace and that simplicity and that uh, intimate relationship of love and trust. I want that for everyone. Well, that's why I see people like you and I talk with you when you talk about this stuff can make my heart sore. And it feels like you're just one of the people that really does know him. And maybe I'm just not there yet. And, and I want to be, I want to be like you when I grow up. <laughs> that's why I told, uh, you know, Nick too, how attractive it was just to hear someone talking to big, bad Aaron raw, you know, but you just had this peace and this thing and you would just laugh at the silliness of the arguments against it, like the silly childish things, which, which that's what we do, you know, when we're arguing against these things, it's very childish. I just loved it. I was just like, dude, I need that. And I don't doubt that you have a true relationship with God because you wouldn't have that type of peace and have that type of wisdom if you didn't. So that's why it gives a lot of credibility for me. And that's why I like it. That's why I'm, I'm going for it. And I have found a lot of great stuff in it, you know. I haven't gone to one mass that I haven't been blessed by. Nice. You know, really, I haven't yet, you know. And trust me, I'm like very critical in my mind. I'm looking for something. But I just want to be honest and say, yeah, dude, I do have doubts and I'm not 100% on all the finer points. But hey, and another thing, like, so if Mary and all that stuff, Mariology is real, would Mary just tell me? Would she just do that or, or one of the saints or something? Yeah, I mean, uh, this is what happened to me. I mean, I uh, I don't know if you know, but I had sort of a mystical encounter with Mary. You did? In a dream, yeah. No way. Yeah. Well, I want that. Pray for that for me. I will. Put in a good word for me, dude. And I'm, and I'm not even kidding. Yeah. A little something well, would help a lot. I, I think if you listen to Amanda Mark's episode, it would help you. I did, and I loved it. She's great. She's like an anti-Catholic Protestant. Her husband suddenly converts and she's digging her heels in and then bam, like she just sees the light. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I want that. Unbelievable. For, I need that. Why didn't that happen for us? See, God loves them more. I don't know. Because <laughs> now that Jen's kind of coming out of her um, depression a little bit more, she's she's back to being a little more anti. Uh, Anti-Catholic. Yeah. So, I don't know, it's still going to be a big struggle. Yeah. Now, what is this thing about uh, the cult side of Catholicism? Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, I don't know, that was Nick... Uh, well, you can't blame him, you were agreeing along with him. Well, no, but I'm saying, yeah, I, I, I kind of get what he's saying. Like how people in a cult won't listen to reason or to any evidence to the contrary or something. But no one has an alternative for me. So, if I seem like I'm fixated like a maniac... 
on the Church of Jesus well, you Christ. Are. <laughs> <laughs> you are kind of like, so what? If it's the truth, then you'd want to be that way, right? Yeah. I mean, if, if it's true, then, then it is. But to, to anyone outside of that, it's going to be kind of cultish. I know. But what is the alternative? Right. Yeah, I don't know. Protestantism for me is ruined. And just like I, I can't go back there. I, I can't. So if, that's what I'm saying. If Catholicism is false, then it's Eastern Orthodox. And if that's false, I don't know what I'm going to do. I really don't. But like Peter said, when it comes down to it at the end of the day, I have no hope outside of Jesus Christ. I do not have any hope outside of him. And like you say, you always have the Father. It's like I have the Father too, but it's like Jesus as well because I know he's the one that showed up when I was in my darkest hour. It was Christ and I had that dramatic experience that we all are well aware of. And I cannot deny that. So I cannot deny Jesus Christ. So I have nowhere else to go. So where is the true church? There has to be a true church. And that's where I'm desperately trying to find it. And if it's not in these like last areas here, I don't know what to do. But I can't deny Jesus Christ. And if I get to that point where I deny Christ, I don't know what I do. I don't think there isn't any other way to go. You know, and, and, and to follow it as a cult, like what you're saying or like how Nick thinks of it, I think that's kind of, that kind of is what it is, man. You know, like we have to believe and fight for it with all we got. And, uh, you know, if it's true, then that's how we should probably be. I don't know. But do I think it's like a cultish thing? I don't know. I, I think that maybe, maybe there's some superstition in the thing, but there's superstition everywhere. We're superstitious creatures. So I don't, I don't know. But yeah, but you're hardcore, like you're hardcore Catholic, man. But if, but if Catholicism is true, I want to be a hardcore Catholic. Just like when I was a, when I was a dispensationalist uh, evangelical, I was freaking hardcore, dude. I was a really annoying guy. Really annoying. I was out on the streets preaching, being a street preacher. I did all that stuff for, for years. Wow. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, you're the type that dives in, but uh, for some reason you're hesitating with the church to dive in you're right i am that type of a dude so i don't know but I'm, a, I'm right about to just because i got nothing else to lose and i'm not going to experience catholicism truly unless i totally jump in i don't know if you remember but when i first converted i was staying away from private revelation like the marian apparitions and i was staying away from any prayer that wasn't directly to god the father so i can relate to your trepidation and i love and respect your jealousy that you have for God and for Jesus. Only do what you're comfortable with and keep your eyes open and always ask God, is this okay? Does this offend you in any way? If so, I don't want to do it. Just ask. And I am doing just that all the time. So God is faithful and he will reveal it to me. I hope, you know, but then we can open a whole nother can of worms with that of me just fooling myself and I am in the cold. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> no, no, no. But listen, I have firsthand experience with this. I was very jealous of God the Father. I didn't even have, I didn't not even believe in Jesus Christ until I took the plunge and I, I, I got uh, confirmed, right? And it took years. It took years for me to get warmed up to Jesus. But I just kept asking God the Father, is this okay? Does this offend you? No? Okay, I get a feeling of peace and I just move forward. It's all about that quiet time when you're on your own, you just ask God, is this okay? Does this offend you? If it offends you, I want nothing to do with it. That's it. And you'll get peace and you'll move into that peace. And that space of peace will become bigger and bigger and bigger until you're at home in the church and you love everything about the church. And that's where I am today. All right, man. Yeah. I, and I, I want to get there. And I think mm -hmm. I will. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's another thing I want to say, if you don't mind. Please. 
please, please, please keep going to Mass. And for God's sake, go to confession once every week or two, uh, at least once a month. It's really, really important for your holiness. You need to be holy because God is holy. So you need to grow in holiness. So you need to keep going to confession. Don't put it off. Don't delay. Don't get lazy. Keep going to confession. It's really, really, really important. Okay. I know you scared the shit out of me the other day. And we were like, go there to make sure you're not going to go to hell if you die. I'm like, wait, what? Dude, come on. I'm like, well, what if I get in a car accident on my way over there? <laughs> well, then you're fine because your intention is to go to confession. That, that's good. And I love that you said that. I was like, what? It, you know? <laughs> All right. Well, dude, I got I to gotta pay attention to these kids. But, bro, okay. I love you. You're the best. And, uh, yeah, this has been really fun. And thank yeah. you, man. Thank you very much. Uh, I love you, too. And we'll talk soon, okay? Okay, brother. God bless. All right, God bless you, too. Bye. Bye.